Students of the Year, honoured by KCETB. Article by Elizabeth Lee. The hard work and dedication of outstanding students was celebrated recently when the Kilkenny Carlow Education Training Board, KCETB, held its annual Student of the Year Awards ceremony. The students were joined by their families at the ceremony, which was hosted by Chairman of the Education Board, Councillor Peter Clear, and other officials to celebrate the work of students from its 13 schools across the two counties. Director of Schools Pauline Egan said that while the event was organised differently this year because of COVID restrictions, it was important to mark the achievements of students. She also said that it was an important annual event where the schools could honour their students. Each of the 13 schools had nominated a student whom they felt had made a significant difference to the life of their school. Ms Egan explained that the selection process is never easy and that each student nomination is all the more special because of this. The awards are not just about academic achievement, but also about the contribution that each student has made to the life of their school. The award recognises the student's commitment and dedication and their capacity to contribute to the extracurricular life of the school. The principals of the schools attended and they outlined the rich and varied achievements of their students and the contribution they had made during their educational journey. Councillor Clear presented each of the students with a specially commissioned medal to mark their achievements. Congratulating the students, Chief Executive Eileen Curtis said, You are a role model who represents that which is best in all our schools. Having listened to your citation and acknowledging the unique challenge you journeyed the past two years pursuing your studies during a global pandemic, I'm sure that you are a young person to be proud of, a young person full of hope, resilience and promise. She hailed the students as leaders of the future, encouraged them to continue to set high standards and wish them well in their future studies and in their lives. The evening was a fitting celebration for the students and their families and an opportunity for Kilkenny and Carlow ETB to mark their individual contributions to school life. Little Theatre returns with a new season of one-act plays. Article by Suzanne Pender. Fresh from the successes of its recent outdoor production of Shakespeare in Pieces, Carlow Little Theatre returns to the stage next weekend with a new season of one-act plays. Three new plays and a classic Anton Chekhov piece will be performed on both nights this Saturday and Sunday the 23rd and 24th of October at 8pm in the Seven Oaks Hotel. Plays to be performed include Phil Butcher's The Sit-Down Protest, Nelson Clark's The Return of the Soul Sailor, Anton Chekhov's The Proposal and Sarah Fahey's Mother's Day. Tickets cost €12 and are available on the door or online at www.eventbrite.ie. Mother's Day is the Society's selection to compete on the 2021 one-act All-Ireland Circuit and will be performed in five upcoming drama festivals in Goresbridge, Kilkenny on the 29th of October, Dundrum, Dublin on the 5th of November, Cork on the 12th of November, Carrie Gallen, Leitrim, the 13th of November, and Toba Curry, Sligo, on the 18th of November. Tullow Runners donates €7,400 to local groups. Article by Suzanne Pender. 
an incredible 31 local charities and individuals benefited from the remarkable efforts of Tullow Marathon runners and the generosity shown by the people of Tullow. Tullow Marathon runners donated an impressive €7,400 to a variety of causes, all made possible thanks to their fundraising efforts throughout the year. Normally the group takes on the Dublin City Marathon, but with no marathon again this year, the members took on their own individual runs. Once again, people dug deep to support the group, with a total of €7,400 raised through online donations and their fundraising account at Tullow Credit Union. The group got together recently at Brother Leo Park to present the donations and also to take part in a run. We gave to lots of different charities such as Tullow Daycare Centre, Cardis, St Francis Farm, Share a Dream in memory of Katie Keeley, Tullow Men's Shed. 31 different charities in total, explained Brendan Dowling of Tullow Marathon Runners. The runners also made donations to local children and young people living with long-term disabilities and challenges. There was a wonderful atmosphere in Brother Leo Park, with special trophies made by Laser Now Custom Gifts Tullow, presented to all of the athletes for their wonderful efforts throughout the year. Tullow Marathon runners also presented a special accolade, the Young Inspirational Award, to 12-year-old Sean Shepherd from Aura Tullow. The award was in recognition of Sean's positive outlook and terrific resolve, despite living with a serious lifelong condition. Sean has the metabolic condition Glutaric Acidura Type 1, GA1, which means his body is unable to break down three amino acids. Without treatment, the condition can have serious life-threatening consequences, but a determined Sean manages to live a full and active life despite the challenges. Brendan thanked the athletes and all who supported Tullow Marathon runners in their fundraising efforts. Godfrey's Gospel according to Michael Godfrey COVID. It hasn't gone away, you know. Remember when Jerry Adams said they haven't gone away, you know, a reference to the IRA when everyone thought their campaign had come to an end? COVID-19 feels a little like that. After a vaccination programme was rolled out like never seen before, we all thought we could return to normal. In fact, this Friday was supposed to be the date when we could all forget about what had happened over the past 18 months, dust off the old dancing shoes, so to speak, and get on with things. That was the plan, but as anyone who has ever built a house will tell you, plans can be changed. Recent figures have shown a spike in the number of COVID cases, even though many who have contracted the virus have been double vaccinated. While an increase was to have been expected as more and more people tried to get their lives back to some kind of normality, what has everyone in the health sector worrying is the numbers being hospitalised. We simply do not have the capacity to deal with large numbers of COVID patients in our hospitals, not if we want to deal with normal day-to-day needs as well. Over the past 18 months, a lot of scheduled procedures have had to be put on hold, as overworked and under-resourced staff throughout the health service dealt with trying to save as many lives as possible from COVID-19. As a result, more than one million people are now on various hospital waiting lists, and that is only for assessments. 
God only knows when some of these people will receive the operations they drastically need to improve their quality of life. I know of one woman who needs hip replacement surgery. She is living with pain on a daily basis, but she has yet to be seen by a specialist. That was to have happened at the start of the pandemic, but like so many other people, she received a letter informing her that all such appointments had been deferred as the pandemic took hold. She will soon be seen by a consultant, but that is only to confirm what she already knows, that she needs a hip replacement. When the operation will happen is still unknown. While that is annoying, what really got me hot under the collar was the figure released last week showing that 300,000 people in this country have decided not to get vaccinated, and another 70,000 who have yet to receive their second jab. I accept that people have a right to say no, but logic should dictate that perhaps they were wrong in their original decision process when another set of figures shows that the majority of those being hospitalised as a result of contracting COVID-19 have not been vaccinated. I also accept that people who haven't been vaccinated have a right to privacy, but my resolve regarding that is waning. While I consider myself hale and hearty, the truth is I am carrying a few more pounds than I should. Hence, the system is already under pressure. And one thing the virus has shown us over the past 18 months is that it loves getting a grip on people like me. Sorry, I do not want to take a chance and contract the damn thing. So irrespective of whatever government decides over the next 24 hours, I will continue to wear a mask when in public places, sanitise my hands as often as I have been over the past 18 months, and walk away from you if I think you're getting up close and personal. Common sense has got us a long way over the past year and a half, and a little more now won't go astray, even if the dancing shoes remain in the closet. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Firm foundations can weather the storms of life. One key biblical image is that of building solid foundations, making a dramatic distinction between building on rock as opposed to on sand. Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 to 27. The point of foundations is that they have to be done in advance. This largely hidden deep digging has an enormous impact on the stability of the building. The importance of the foundations is only realised when the storm comes and tests the structure. These days are an opportunity to do this crucial excavation work to deepen our foundations and give us something to hang on to during the personal and social storms that threaten us. These are ten principles based on the wisdom of St. Ignatius of Loyola, suggestions for how you might concretely build up a good structure and hopefully help weather the many storms. Number one, know yourself. This ancient Greek wisdom highlights the importance of the journey into oneself, the acquiring of crucial self-knowledge that allows a person to be creative, responsible and free. Generally, we are given a gift or talent in one area, which also comes with a shadow side. Some kind of journaling or diary writing can help as a way of reflecting on life experience and seeing the meaning in it. Ask for divine help to process difficult experiences. It can take a lifetime. Maybe that's why we live so long in general. Number two. Accept your humanity. 
We are all a complex mix of body, mind and soul with great gifts, but also a great capacity to deceive ourselves. We are often driven by desires that unexamined will ruin us, but conversely will complete us. The best thing is that we have the tools to make great things of ourselves with humility and God's help. There are two basic movements within us, towards God and life, and the opposite. We can learn how to differentiate these feelings or moods. This skill of discernment has to be learned and practiced. The challenge is accepting the mix of good and evil in us. Number 3. Tackle your demons. Many of us labour under the effects of the past. Wounds are secrets that can severely limit our peace and happiness. It takes real courage to face into these, to ask for help, a counsellor or a close and trusted friend, for example, and to take the necessary steps to move on. Number four, make amends. Inevitably, we will have made mistakes along the way and, as AA highlights, we have a duty to try to right the wrongs that we have done in so far as that is possible. There is something concrete and real about actions as opposed to just words. The word sorry goes a long way. Number five, put the supports in place. No one is a completely self-sufficient island. Rather, we are who we are through relationships and particular individuals or institutions. Accepting that you can't do it alone means figuring out what supports or people you need to help you. The self-sufficient ego doesn't like this, so you have to actively go against it to put supports in place. Have a regular prayer or meditation practice. This is the most challenging thing as it demands accepting limits, the need for a higher power and the need to ask for help. A bit like charging a battery, there is no shortcut for being plugged into the source for a certain time and frequency. It becomes easier with practice. The Spirit prays within us. God needs the access and time to make great instruments of us. Number six, fix a bad habit. Things tend not to get better by themselves, so it's better to set out to conquer a bad habit intentionally and applying our resources to it, recognizing that we need God's help, especially in really tough challenges. Pray as if everything depends on you, but act as if everything depends on God. Apparently it takes around seven weeks to fix a habit. Start now. Bring God's grace to bear on the very root of the problem. Clear all other debris. Number seven. Thank those who have made you what you are. A really useful exercise is to look back and realize all the people and kind actions that brought you to where you are. Remember what power you have to influence others for good in the same way. Break the cycle of negativity and regret, though. It goes nowhere. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Number eight, reflect on your life. This is challenging, to examine choices and compromises made in your big decisions. Realize that you always have choices and pray for the insight to know what to do now, whether to live with it or make changes. Inevitably, life is messy, but God is there somewhere and we always have choices even if it is to find meaning in less-than-ideal circumstances. It is in aligning ourselves to a sense of mission that we really come alive. Number 9. Reflect on your death. It's going to happen anyway. 
How would you like to have looked back on your life? What would you like to be remembered for? And what can you do about it now? This is not a morbid speculation, but an invitation to live fully the time that you have as a gift. And we know from following Jesus that death is nothing to fear. The cross of Christ is the centre of our lives. Scaffolding by Seamus Heaney Masons, when they start upon a building, are careful to test out the scaffolding. Make sure that planks won't slip at busy points. Secure all ladders. Tighten bolted joints. And yet all this comes down when the job's done, showing off walls of sure and solid stone. So if, my dear, there sometimes seems to be old bridges breaking between you and me, never fear, we may let the scaffolds fall, confident that we have built our wall.